You're about to listen to a message from Every Nation Church Midrand, the place where people come to be changed and discipled to transform society. Than to interact with God. There's no greater friend. You see, people will disappoint you. People will, uh, they will offend you. <laughs> people will forget you. But he will never, never forget you. He will be there when no one else can be there. He will be there when the government is not able to be there for you. He will be there when your pastor cannot be there for you. And that's why it's important that you seek him. And you get to know him for yourself. Know him for yourself. One of the things we do in this church, we don't. We're not saying you should know, know me or know someone else. It's God. Amen. Amen? Amen? I didn't die for anybody. Okay? And I won't die for you. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> Too bad, but that's it. But the point is that what I'm trying to say is that I'm introducing you to someone that loves you more than I love you. I mean, I love you. Yes, I do. And I, 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 I always do. But there is somebody that loves you more deeply. More deeply. You see, the difference between the way we love and the way God loves is that we love people, but our love is usually conditional, isn't it? Yeah, I love you because you are like this. Because you, you are this kind of a person. I like who you are. And so, I love you. But God doesn't love like that. God doesn't love like that. His love is so real. It's so real. So, a lot of us are not able to love people because of what we see about them. Sometimes because of what we know about them. How many people know what I'm talking about? Yeah. yeah, you know some things about someone and because of that, you don't, you don't want to love the person. But guess what? There's, there's nobody that knows you like God. And yet he loves you. Yeah. So that's why his love is superior and that's why you need to seek him. You need to seek him. You need to get to know him more. Why? Because he's the one that has accepted you the way you are. He did not say be perfect before you come to me. Isn't that encouraging? Yeah. He didn't say be perfect, shut yourself out before you come. Because I've come across people who would not come to church because they say, oh, my life, I need to sort myself out first. No, it's his, his, his face that will sort you out. It's His presence that will sort you out. It's His glory that will sort you out. So come as you are, and when you come, and you begin to interact with Him, who He is rubs off on you, and then you become like Him. But if you seek a man, if you seek a man, you are so limited. The man, man can impress you. Do you understand what I'm saying? Man can impress you, 
but He cannot deliver you. Only God can deliver you. Only God can preserve your life. Only God can give you life. Only God died for you. Even your spouse doesn't love you like he loves you. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's not the message. I just want to say that we need to love him more. Chidi, thanks for that message. Yeah. God loved, then he gave. We need to believe and then love and give. Also. Yeah. So I want to share with you about what I tie to um, understanding the different faces of God. The different faces. Okay? Like I said, the word face in the, in the, in the Hebrew is panim, and it's in plural. That means God is so, uh, his soul was the word. Multi, <laughs> multi-dimensional. I don't know if I should say multi-faced. <laughs> but I'll show you a few things from the scriptures. You see how different people saw him. Do you, do you get what I'm saying? Because I've been meditating and I've been going through the scriptures and I've been seeing, oh, this person saw him like this. Okay. So you might think, oh, this is all he is. Then you see, oh, this other person saw him. But then he looks like this. I say, oh, wow. Okay, so he also looks like this. Then uh, you see another. I mean, he's just too much. He's too much. And I believe that every single one of us is created to see God and to know God and to experience God so that we can reveal him in a unique way. Everybody should be able to reveal God in a unique way according to the way you see him. Hallelujah. Amen. So, if you are not seeking his face, you don't have what to reveal. That means you are robbing me of experiencing God in a, diff- in a particular way that you were destined to reveal to me. Do you get my point? So, everybody... Is supposed to get into God and come out with a revelation of God. And help the world to experience God the way you experience Him. Yeah. So, that is important. And that is why religion will not reveal God to you. Yeah. You cannot see God by religion. As a matter of fact, it would take you to hell. Religion has taken people to hell. Many people are in hell because of religion. So, please, in this church, you cannot, you are not allowed to go to hell, okay? Unless you are going on a visit. (laughs) 
Yeah, because some of us need to, need to visit hell before we become serious. Yeah, because you don't know the flames. You don't know, you don't know what it is like. That's why you are, you are still living the way you are living. You think you are okay. So I pray that God will send some people to hell on a visit. Not a permanent, not a permanent stay. You don't, I don't, you don't want to be a permanent resident. Hallelujah. But a visitor, it's okay. It's necessary for some people. I want, I want, to, I want, to, I want to visit the throne. <laughs> I don't want to go down there. <laughs> yeah, but it would take some people going down there to wake up and to know this thing is real. It's real. It's not a joke. It's not a joke. I had some guys that left our church in Cape Town because they say that uh, I was talking about hell. And they're angry that God is, is how can a, a loving God send someone to hell? It's because you don't know the other face of God. The loving face is one face. But there's the justice face. The righteous judge. Come on. Yeah. So do you want to go to hell? On a visit? You don't even want to visit. <laughs> Years ago, I read a book, Divine Revelation of Hell by uh, Mary Kay Baxter. You need to read that book. You'll be traumatized. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah, you read it and you know that this thing that the Bible is talking about is real. Some people will only discover when they get there. And you don't want to, you don't want to take that chance. Yeah. One time I, I, I preached and I, I preached about hell and some brother came to me and says, you know, Pastor, I, I, I don't think that, uh, I, I think it's better to preach on the love of God. We need to motivate people. Let's, let's motivate them with the love of God, not with fear. Well, you need to remove that from your Bible. Because I was just reading what God wrote. Come on. Yeah, but anyway, God loves you. He loves you so much, he doesn't want you to go, to, go, to go to hell. That's why he revealed it to us, so that you can know what it is like, and then you make the right choice not to go there. Come on, because God cannot choose for you. The last time he chose for man, man blamed him. When he chose a wife for, for Adam, Adam said, the, the woman you gave to me, look is you and you, you are the one. D did I ask for her? You gave her to me. Now she made me to eat this thing. So from that time, God says, He that finds a wife. <laughs> so that you don't blame him. You don't blame him for, <laughs> for, for whatever you decide. I mean, he can make recommendations, but he is not going to force you. 
Because obviously Adam had no, no choice. He just woke up and saw that's the only one. No option. <laughs> now we have options. Come on. Isn't it? Don't we have options? Yeah, before you choose. After that, no more options. Come on. All the way to you've chosen. You are stuck for life. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. So you get it right. First time and that's it. <laughs> Amen. May God open your eyes so that you, you can see well. Amen. Not like Jacob. Huh? After the wedding, he now says, oh oh. <laughs> Wrong person. I say it's too late. It's, it's done already. Another seven years. <laughs> At least for him, he had seven years. <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay, anyway, we're talking about understanding the different faces of God. And uh, yeah, there's, there's a part of God that is comical. <laughs> so, I guess. Amen. So who are some of the people that really describe to us what God looks like? Because it's possible for you to be walking with God and not know that you're walking with God. It's possible for you to be talking with God and not know that you're talking with God. Yeah, it's possible. If you look at the book of Genesis, let's look at Genesis chapter 18. This is an experience that Abraham had. In Genesis 18, reading from verse 1. It says, Then the Lord appeared to him by the terebinth trees of Mamre, as he was sitting in the tent door in the heat of the day, who appeared to him? The Lord. The Lord. Appeared to who? Amen. To Abraham. Next verse. So he lifted his eyes and looked. And behold, three men were standing by him. And when he saw them, he ran from the tent door to meet them and bowed himself to the ground. All right? And said, my Lord, if I have now found favor in your sight, do not pass on by your servant. Come on. Yeah. Please let a little water be brought and wash your feet and rest yourselves under the tree. It was in the heat of the day. Okay. And I will bring a morsel of bread that you may refresh your hearts. After that, you may pass by inasmuch as you have come to your servant. And they said, do as you have said. How many men does the Bible say? Three, Three men. Okay? Three men. And Abraham goes in, verse 6. Look at, and Abraham hurried into the tent to Sarah and said, Quickly, make ready three measures of fine meal. 
knead it and make cakes. Quickly. How many of you, three people just rock up in your house? Huh? They rock up into your house. And then your husband just comes and says, hey, quickly, quickly, quickly. Let me see. How many people will you say, praise the Lord. Uh, uh, come on. Huh? You will. Oh, okay. <laughs> you do that. Okay. All right. Will you do that? Uh, yeah. Okay. You'll be tested. Come on. Who else will do that? Who else will do that? Who, who will do that? Okay. You will do that. You will do that. God is seeing your hands. Come on. Where you? you will do that. Yes. You will do that. Awesome. Okay. All right. It will come to pass. Amen. Say amen. amen. Yeah. I'm saying God is going to visit you. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. God is going to visit you. Amen. Yeah. You should be ready for it. Be ready for it. So your mind must be open. Don't prescribe. How he should come. Yeah. Do you understand? Don't prescribe how he should come. In this, in the case of Abraham, he came as a man. So God can look like a man. In other words, as ordinary as a man. But it's God. It's God. With a skin like yours. Yeah, that's what... Yeah. That was what Abraham experienced here. Huh? Isn't that wonderful? Say, Lord, come to me. I'm ready for you. Amen. So, these guys... I mean, Abraham asked Sarah to go make some food... And they, to do it quickly. <laughs> oh my. Then look at, and Abraham ran to the herd, took a tender and good calf, and gave it to a young man, and he hastened to prepare it. And he took butter and milk and the calf which had been prepared and set it before them. And he stood by under the tree as they ate. So God eats human food. Hallelujah. He eats meat. <laughs> so he's not a vegetarian. <laughs> Come on. If you want to be a vegetarian, be a vegetarian, but don't say it's godly to be vegetarian. Godly to eat meat. Because God ate meat in Abraham's house. I don't know about you. I want to eat what God eats. <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay. But you can imagine he goes and he gets a calf. They have to slaughter it. They have to prepare it. 
So it took hours. But God was sitting there waiting. Why? Because it's a divine appointment. Divine appointment. Waiting as Abraham was busy ensuring that this thing is prepared. And he brings it. And he stands there as they are eating. As the three men are eating. And the Bible later reveals to us, gives us an insight as to who these three men are. Let's skip down. Because it was at this point, let me, let me just add this. It was at this point that Sarah, this visitation was a visitation to open the womb of Sarah. Hallelujah. This was the time, the appointed time for Sarah to receive the strength to conceive. But it required a visitation. Hallelujah. So it required God himself coming down to his friend Abraham. Their relationship has progressed to a point where God says, I got to go. So when you seek God, it gets to a point that your relationship, it moves. Hallelujah. It progresses. It progresses to a point where he can come and eat with you. And there are certain fulfillments, there are certain miraculous occurrences that will require him coming personally. And that's what we see in the life of Abraham. Amen? So it was after this time, it was nine months after this visit that Sarah gave birth. Say, so seek his face, seek his face. So, you so you can conceive. Amen. Amen. There are certain things we are supposed to conceive for this generation. Okay? Now, skip to verse 16. Then the men rose from there and looked toward Sodom. And Abraham went with them. To send them on their way. He was going to see them off. Chidi was talking about you. With someone you love. Ah, come on. Yeah, walking to see them off. Then they walk back. How many people have experienced that? Come on, yes. You've done it, yeah. Yes. You enjoy fellowship. The fellowship is so sweet, you don't want it to end. You want it to continue forever. Yeah. So Abraham walks with them. And then it's at this time that the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham what I am doing? Since Abraham shall become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. 
For I have known him. How? By relationship. I've related with him long enough to know him. Okay? Yeah, God knows everything. But there is a dimension of knowing. That is by interaction. Come on. Yeah. So, he has known him that he may command his children and his household after him. That they keep the way of the Lord to do righteousness and justice. That the Lord may bring to Abraham what he had spoken to him. All right? And then, so in other words, God decides, this is what I want to do in Sodom. Now, I stopped by on my way to Sodom. On, well, yeah. Uh, God didn't really go to Sodom. He sent, he sent the angels. But that particular visit was for Abraham. God didn't need to go to Sodom. But he needed to stop by Abraham. Okay? So he stops by Abraham. And then after the meal and Abraham is seeing them off, he now says to himself, should I hide? No, no. This is who Abraham is going to be. And apart from that, he, he's, he has mastered the art of discipleship. Okay? He's going to disciple his entire household. Not just his children, even his servants, everyone in his household. He's going to disciple them. So, because of this kind of heart, I don't think it would be proper for me to hide what I'm about to do. In fact, this is my plan. I need to reveal it to him. Because we're not friends. You know, there are some people you relate with, then it gets to a point that you open up some things. Is that not so? You can't do that to a stranger. Am I correct? Then you say, oh, wow, by the way, did you know this about me? Oh, do you know, this is what I'm about to do. And that's, that's, that's the way it was. So he says, no, I won't, okay? So we know that God decides not to hide anything from Abraham. And so, uh, that was why Abraham had the opportunity to intercede for Sodom. If, if there are 50 people, 50 righteous people, will you destroy the righteous with the unrighteous? No, I won't. Okay, what about uh, 30? What about uh, 20? What about 10? And he stops at 10. Thinking that Lot had followed the discipleship mandate. Because, I mean, all these years. Come on. Lot would have at least 10 people. At least a connect group. Come on. <laughs> you must have a connect group. What? What? He saw how Abraham used 318 trained disciple servants to rescue him. So, he should have learned some things. So, I didn't blame Abraham for stopping at 10. But the point is this. Uh, okay. Then we go down... Uh, Verse 9, chapter 19. Now, the two angels 
came to Sodom in the evening. No, no, no. This is not, hey, look, my, my Bible is not here. The, the, the one I normally use. So. <laughs> I'm getting used to this one. Uh, okay. Abraham answered, and uh, I'm trying to get a pl- the place where the, 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 the Bible now says that, you know, there were three men. We know three men that went to Abraham in chapter 18, verse 1, right? Okay. Then in verse 22, it says, Then the men turned away from there and went toward where? Sodom. But what? Abraham stood before the Lord. So you see, there were three that went. Okay? There were three that went into Abraham's house or went to Abraham's home and ate with him. Right? Now they finish and they're going back. Abraham walks with them. Then the Bible says the men went towards Sodom but Abraham stood with the Lord. What does that mean? That's why in chapter 19, verse 1, we see the two men are mentioned. Chapter 19, verse 1. Look at chapter 19, verse 1. Now, the two what? In chapter 18, we're told men. Now, he describes, it, it helps us to understand, to know that the Lord came with two angels. Do you understand? The Lord came to Abraham with two angels. And after their interaction and their fellowship, the Lord remains talking with Abraham. And then the two men who are now described to us in chapter 19 happen to be angels. So they came to Sodom in the evening and and all of that. But the point is that, I'm trying to say is that one of the ways God can appear to you is like a man. Like he did to Abraham. But it was God. It was the Lord. Isn't that wonderful? That God can take the form of a man and interact with you. So when you seek his face, if he comes as a man, don't reject him. Okay? Hallelujah. So this is one way you can see that God, um, Abraham, talked with God face to face. Because the Bible doesn't tell us, oh, there was a big this thing that covered him. and No, no, no. That's why Paul says, do not be afraid to entertain strangers. For many have entertained angels without knowing. That means there are some angels that look like us. They say, oh, well, you didn't give me any notice. You should have called me first and all of that. 
That is not a kingdom culture. It's a Western culture, but it's not a kingdom culture. Kingdom culture. You know, now we live in gated communities. You can't even visit me. You, you need an access code. Do you understand? You, if I don't want you, you can't come. If you're an angel, you better not, you better bypass the security. Fly in or somehow. Yeah, but you can't just come and say, oh, uh, I have come. Not... First of all, I'll phone the security. I say, who, how did you allow this to happen? Yeah, so that's the way we have been programmed and, you know, for security and all of that. But the point is this. Get ready for visitations. Amen. Get ready for visitations. May the Lord visit you. Amen. Hallelujah. So Abraham experienced him. Do you want to see another one? Who should we talk about? Let's, let's, let's talk about... Um, Okay, one of the prophets. Let's see Ezekiel. All right. Ezekiel. Time has gone. I want to round up. Ezekiel chapter 1. Let's look at Ezekiel chapter 1. And uh, verse 27. Okay. Also, from the appearance of his waist. Okay, let's read from verse 26. Ezekiel is a book that is full of some mysterious, uh, mystical stuff. <laughs> and all these prophets, they, they, they see things. <laughs> it says, And above the firmament, over their heads, was the likeness of a throne. Now, he's talking about the four living creatures that, that are around the throne. Okay? So now, above their heads, the creatures are there, all right? Above their heads was the likeness of a throne, all right? In appearance like a sapphire stone, all right? On the likeness of the throne was a likeness with the appearance of what? A man high above it. Come on. High above it. All right? Next verse, verse 27. And also from the appearance of his waist. He's now describing the one that is on the throne. The one that is on the throne. He says, his waist, the appearance of his waist, and upward I saw as it were the color of what? Amber with the appearance of? fire all around within it. So he's from his waist upward. <laughs> Say fire. fire. Our God is a consuming fire. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. So when you see fire, depends. If he wants to show you this side of him, don't be scared, okay? Just respect him. <laughs> Hallelujah. And then from the appearance of his waist downward, I saw as it were the appearance of what? 
of fire with brightness all around. So from his waist up is fire. From his waist down is fire. Like the appearance of a rainbow in the cloud on a rainy day. So was the appearance of the brightness all around it. And this was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of the Lord. So when I saw it, I fell on my face and I heard the voice of one speaking. So Ezekiel is being a bit graphic here. Not only, he, he, he is using uh, imagery and he's able to help us to have a picture of not only the one on the throne... But the, the environment is helping us to see the environment in which the Father is. Um, this is Jehovah is describing. And this is what his tr- throne looks like. This is, around there are four living creatures with four different faces. Yeah, I know of people who have experienced, who have been there, and they describe that. Confirming what Ezekiel saw. So some of you, as we keep pressing on, some of you will experience what these prophets experienced. Amen. I'm telling you. Amen. Just seek his face. Seek his face. You will experience it. These things are not just for the pages of the Bible. They're written so that we can have faith. To press in. Hallelujah. You know, don't you want to experience God? God needs to be real. So some of us, when we see that, then, yeah. Okay, look, okay, that's Ezekiel's description, right? Uh, I don't want to go to Isaiah. Who else should I show you? I've shown you Abraham. And you know the story of Jacob, of course. Jacob wrestled with God. So God must have come in the form of a man to wrestle with Jacob. Because you cannot wrestle with God. If he comes in his divinity, you can't wrestle with him. Where will you start from? Yeah, you can't. Is it what Ezekiel is describing, fire, that you wrestle with fire? You can't wrestle with fire. Yeah. So it depends on how he wants to reveal himself. That's why I say he has many faces. Hallelujah. And so we must not allow our limited mindsets, our limited imagination to put God in a box. God cannot be put in a box. Okay. Who else should I show you? Okay. Let's look at John the Revelator in Revelation chapter 1. Look at Revelation chapter 1. Let's read from verse, I think, 15. Revelation chapter 1. Okay, 14. Let's read 14. (laughs) Sorry, 13. (laughs) 13. I think you know what. Let's read from verse 12. 
Okay, then I turned to see the voice that spoke with me. It's because of time. I'm just going straight. And having turned, I saw seven golden lamps. Okay? And in the midst of the seven lampstands, one like who? The Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the feet and girded about the chest with a golden band. Huh? His head and hair were white like wool, as white as snow. His eyes like what? A flame of fire. Yagonda Busata. There's a man of God. He was praying for, for, for a while. Seeking God. Praying. Fasting. So when he came out. As he came out. People were running away from him. When he's, as he came out. People were just running. So he went back. and said, Lord, what's going on? You know what the Lord says? He says, I was just looking through the windows of your eyes. <laughs> so I'm sure this is what they saw in his eyes. So he was looking through the window of his eyes and people were seeing fire. <laughs> yeah, that's what demons will see when you, when you get soaked with him. Hallelujah. Pulse. Some of you demons will be crying out when you walk in. Amen. Ah! Why? They're seeing these eyes. Amen. Flame of fire. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. This is Jesus he's describing. Let's read on. Verse 15. Look at his feet were like what? Fine brass. Come on, Jesus. Fine brass. Brassy feet? How? As if refined in a furnace, and his voice as the sound of many waters. Hallelujah. He's speaking and it's like, like the beach in Cape Town. Some people need to experience this. Hallelujah. Next verse, look at verse 16. It says, He had in his right hand seven stars. Holding seven stars in his hand. And out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword. And he's talking. You see, sword coming out. Hallelujah. I like that. And his countenance, look at it. His countenance was what? Like sun shining in its strength. Yeah. You know, I've experienced this where one time the, the presence of the Lord came into my room from night till morning. It was brighter than the sun. I couldn't sleep. My eyes were closed, but it was too bright. Too bright till morning. Throughout the night, he was showing me visions. Till morning. Things that are to come. Hallelujah. 
This is what is going to happen. And I've read books on revival. I've studied church history. I have never seen a thing like that. See, this is what is to come. His face shining like the sun. So when he comes like that, if he decides to come like that, this is the, this is the Lord Jesus coming in his glory. So if he manifests himself in his glory, hey, it's a different ballgame. It's not the same as in, the, in, 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 in Luke chapter, Luke chapter um, 24 on the road to Emmaus. When he appeared to them, his disciples didn't even know he was the one. They're talking and walking. They didn't recognize his voice. They didn't recognize his face. They're just talking. And the Bible says that their eyes were restrained from seeing him. So that's a different manifestation. Many faces. Somebody say many faces. Many faces. Panim. Yes. Okay, let's read verse 17. Look at verse 17. He says, And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. Nobody told him to fall. This is the man that used to put his head on the bosom of Jesus. Uh, the, uh, how did he describe him? How did he used to describe himself? The one the Lord loves. Yeah. That was his description of himself. I'm the one that will sit down and I'll put my head on his bosom. The closest. Now, he sees him. He falls down. So this is a different manifestation. This is a different face. It's not the face he, he used to play with. Maybe he used to even play with his beards and, you know, and all of that. But now, he's boom. <laughs> shaking, shaking. But he laid his right hand on me, saying, do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. So he came here as the Alpha and Omega. Hallelujah. So if he, if he decides to show up as the Alpha and Omega, this is what you will see. This is what you will see. Scary. John is shaking in his boots. Oh my God, I'm finished, I'm finished, I'm going to die, I'm going to die, I'm going to die. Why you? He says, don't be afraid. I'm Alpha and Omega. I'm the beginning and the end. Hallelujah. The author and the finisher of your faith. Yeah. So I don't know how you're going to see, what you're going to see, how you're going to see him. But as you keep seeking him, believe you me. At least one of these will come your way. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Get ready, get ready. Are you ready? Let's read verse 18. I think we'll stop at verse 18. I am he who lives and was dead. That's why I know it is Jesus. The father never died. Jesus is the one that died. Hallelujah. And behold, I'm alive forevermore. Amen. Amen. And I have the keys 
of Hades and death. That's why no one can kill you. You know, once he appears to you like this, do you know nobody can kill you? They tried to kill John. Do you know that? They tried to kill him. They put him into hot oil. Boiling oil. They put him inside to die. The guy refused to die. They didn't know what to do with him. That's why they banished him in the island of Patmos. Where he saw this. So when you are before his face, your life will be preserved. It will be hard to kill you. For them to kill you, they have to face him. And can you imagine those eyes? They will run. I remember Bongwe's testimony. Those guys that shot him, they ran. Do you know what they saw? You don't know. You don't know what they saw. Hallelujah. So, the point is this. The Godhead, there's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Each and every one of them have their unique features. The Holy Spirit descended like a dove. In other words, He spread. He's not a dove, right? But the way He spreads is like a dove. Like when He appeared to Pastor Sam, He appeared to him and He was like stretched out like an umbrella over him. And He says, Who are you? You are not Jesus. I've seen Jesus. Are you an angel? He says, no, I'm the Holy Spirit. I say, oh, Holy Spirit, but you're supposed to be inside me. The Bible says, yeah, the Bible says you're inside me. What are you doing there like that? Yeah. Then he said, he smiled and he said, I'm inside you. But when I want to do something special, then I come upon you. So there's a spirit within and there's a spirit upon. When he comes upon you, you do the impossible. Amen. Hallelujah. That's what used to happen to Samson. He said when the spirit comes upon him, the guy becomes invincible. You know, all these movies, they are showing Superman and all those things. Uh, uh, X-Men or whatever. Huh? What do you call them? Avengers. Avengers. What? All those things. Those, those guys, there is a craving in the hearts of men for the extraordinary and for the supernatural. Do you understand? So they are coming up with all these things, but there is the real thing. There is the real stuff. So as you walk with God, God begins to make you powerful. Hallelujah. And you begin to do things. That's why people like Elijah, they could outrun a chariot. Huh? Imagine the president. You give him a message in, uh, in uh, Durban, in Candler. Yeah? You tell him, hurry up and get to the union building before the rain comes. 
He takes his chopper as he's going. You run and you get there before him. Yeah, that's the kind of dimension Elijah was walking in. Yeah. So, there is that aspect. This is Jesus himself, right? Appearing as the Alpha and the Omega. The Alpha and the Omega. There are times that he appears as the Lamb that was slain. There are times he appears as the lion of the tribe of Judah. Come on. Those are different faces. But it's the same person. God is real, I'm telling you. Why am I sharing all of this? Because these are going to be experiences that you will enter into. And so don't count it strange. Don't say, oh, pastor, I've seen a demon. Oh. No, it's not a demon. Some theologians have a problem with people that experience God. Sometimes I'm amused at the comments they make about such experiences. God forgive them. Amen. Hallelujah. Should I show you more? I think time is gone, right? You are quiet. That means yes. <laughs> I have to stop. Hallelujah. Yeah. So the point is that as you seek him, Jesus, although the Bible, Jesus says no man has seen the Father but the Son. But we see again in the Old Testament how people saw God. So that means there is an aspect of God that no man has seen. That is still going to be revealed. But there are aspects of Him that you can see. Okay? So don't be doubtful. Say, oh, the Bible says no man can see God and leave. Nobody. No, no, no. You can see Him. Like John saw Him. Hallelujah. Time will not permit me to show you other places. There are places where people saw him. He did, his hair was not white as wool. It was just normal. Like on the road to Emmaus. It's normal. There are people that have seen him. He has nail-pierced hands and feet. And in his side. But how come what John saw... There was no sign of nail there. You see, that's a different experience. All right? Daniel saw him in Daniel chapter 7. Let's close with that, I think. Let's close with that. There are many others in the Bible, but... Daniel chapter 7, from verse 9, it says, I watched till thrones were put in place, and the ancient of days was seated. Hallelujah. The ancient of days was seated. Who is the ancient of days? God the Father. Jesus said, the Father is greater than I. 
Come on. Yeah, the Father is greater than I. The Ancient of Days was sitting, and he says, and, he, and the hair of his head was like what? Pure wool. His throne was a fiery flame. Its wheels, a burning fire. And a fire stream issued and came forth from before him. This is like volcano. Liquid fire flowing, right? It came forth from before him. And thousands, uh, thousand thousands ministered to him. Ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. The court was seated and books were opened. Hi-yah-yah. This is another experience. And let's skip to verse 13. He says, I was watching in the night visions and behold, one like what? The Son of Man coming with the clouds of heaven. He came to the Ancient of Days. Hallelujah. So you see, the Son of Man came to who? The Ancient of Days. Hallelujah. That's Jesus coming to the Father. Okay. Came to the Ancient of Days and they brought him near before him. Then to him was given what? Dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away. And his kingdom, the one which shall not be destroyed. Amen. Hallelujah. So, the, 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 this was the coronation of Jesus. Before the ancient of days. So, Daniel was seeing prophetically what is going to happen when Jesus conquers. Because you see, there, is, there are different types of authority. There is authority that comes by uh, delegation. Where it's delegated to you. Like what is given to us in Matthew chapter 28. Huh? From verse 18. All authority is given to me in heaven and on earth. Go. He delegated to us authority. We didn't need to do anything. He just gave it to us. But then there is an authority. There is an authority that comes by conferment. Yeah, it's conferred upon you because of your birth, by reason of birth. For example, if, if uh, I, I mean, if uh, Prince Charles, the queen can decide to say, Charles, it's time. I'm stepping over. I'm stepping down. What did Charles do? Yeah. Nothing. She just puts the crown on his head, and that's it. He becomes king from that time. Amen? Amen. He becomes king from that time. But then, there is an authority that is given to you by conquest. Somebody say conquest. conquest. Yeah. You fight for it. So, Jesus came and he fought Satan. What, what Satan took from Adam, he fought him. He defeated him. The dominion that was given to Adam, Satan got it. But now Jesus has gone to the cross. 
And Colossians chapter 2 verse 15 says, Having disarmed all principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. So he conquered, and so he is now brought before the ancient of days. He comes in the cloud, and it's now time for coronation. Hallelujah. So the kingdom was given to him. That's why Jesus says, just as my father has bestowed upon me a kingdom, I also bestow upon you the kingdom. Hallelujah. So if you, it depends on how there are many faces, many faces in the scriptures. But I've shown you, you see here, there is the ancient of days. And when he appears as the ancient of days, when the father appears as the ancient of days, His hair is like wool. Yeah, because it's ancient. Huh? Like your hair. Nah. Nah. <laughs> it has to be white as wool. So that is when he appears from like coming with his eternity past. From eternity before time began. So who he was, if he appears like that, then you see him like that. That's what this guy saw. So it depends. But if he decides to come like he came to Abraham, it's different. Amen? Hallelujah. It's enough. How many people want to seek God more? Father, I just pray. That as we seek you, as we continue to seek your face, I ask that you will confirm these words. Let the veil be removed. That we will know you. We will know you. Like the prophets of old. Like the patriarchs of old. Like Abraham knew you. Like Ezekiel knew you. Like Moses knew you. Like John knew you. We want to know you like that. We want to know you. Manifest yourself. Do not hide your face from us, Lord. Do not hide your face from us. Help us, O oh God. Help us, O oh God. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Most of the people that made a major impact in the world did it after they encountered him. After they met him. Bear that in mind. Hallelujah. Let's stand up on our feet. Time is gone. This ministry has come to you live from Every Nation Midrand. For other life-changing messages and more information, log on to www.everynationmidrand.org.